Wisconsin senior U.S. Senator Ron Johnson is quickly becoming the Johnny Cash of the Senate. He's been everywhere, man. As the chairman of the Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, he's had to do a lot of traveling to witness up front the potential threats to the homeland. Last week, the senator was in Ukraine, one of the world's hotspots influencing geopolitical politics. He's also made several trips so far to the border to inspect security or lack thereof, perhaps. Uh, and we are joined now by Senator Ron Johnson on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. How are you, sir? Great, Matt. How about yourself? Excellent. I know you have been extremely busy. We appreciate you taking some time as you're traveling through the beautiful hills and vales of Wisconsin today. Breaking news, though, we have this hour, and I wanted to get your uh, comments, your thoughts on Robert Mueller's brief statement now after two long years, two expensive years. He says this thing is all over. Russian collusion investigation, it's all over. But he left uh, the press, of course, the mainstream accomplice media, with all kinds of questions about what happens next. What did you think of his, his statement today? Well, he certainly didn't provide any further clarity, which I was kind of hoping he'd provide some clarity and closure, which he did not do. You know, what is just foundational about our system of justice is you are innocent until proven guilty. And his statement about if they would have found evidence of, of innocence, they would have talked about it. So that's not the job of the Justice Department. So I don't know. I, I'm very disappointed. I never thought... Robert Mueller was the right person to undertake this investigation. I, I think I've always thought the special counsel was appointed way too early in the process. It's the last thing we should have done. We should have started with congressional investigations, uh, laid out the evidence, uh, information to the American public. If there's evidence of the wrongdoing, then you turn that over to the Department of Justice. And if necessary, you appoint special counsel. So this has been completely backwards. And unfortunately, it hasn't resulted in a enclosure which is, again, very, very unfortunate. We have enormous challenges facing this nation. Uh, I completely understand President Trump's frustration. He knew there was no collusion. The special counsel has provided closure from that standpoint, but Democrats aren't willing to close this thing out at all. And, and again, today's statement uh, did not provide the, the kind of closure and clarity I was hoping for. Yeah, Mueller seemed to give it the old Pontius Pilate, didn't he? He was going to wash his hands of the whole thing and walk away, saying, well... We can't do anything about it. I can't do anything about it. I guess it's up to you, Congress. Impeach at will if that's what you want to do. But what are they? What would they impeach on? What's the high crime and misdemeanor here? I have no idea. Um, you know, I, I realize obstruction is impossible when there's no underlying crime. But everything I've read about, I'm not a lawyer. It's incredibly rare you could you could ever successfully prosecute a case like that. So we, that. We know there's no underlying crime, and that's the whole purpose of the special counsel. Was there collusion or not? The special counsel has concluded, no, there wasn't, so let's move on. Yeah, exactly, but you know that's not the case, not in the swamp, not with uh, the virulent left, which will be demanding Nancy Pelosi push impeachment. Where do you think it goes from there, politically speaking now? Well, one thing I know is, the House is not going to be talking about good governance and increasing prosperity for the American public. It's just going to be talk about investigations, possible impeachment. Uh, Pelosi understands the potential political peril there, but again, they're, they're not working on 
piece of legislation can actually pass the Senate to benefit the American public, and that's a real tragedy. Final question, does the Mueller's lack of response here, does that motivate Nancy Pelosi and crew to push further into impeachment, or does it cut the legs out from under them? Well, it should cut the legs out from under him, but again, because he, he really wasn't clear and makes this, what I just think is a baffling statement. Uh, it's not the Justice Department's uh, task to investigate for exculpatory evidence. I mean, it, it is, but it isn't. I mean, they're, they're not out there trying to find somebody that there's no proof of a crime being committed. I mean, it's just bizarre standard. I mean, they they should be investigating. Was there collusion? They did investigate. If there is none, end of story. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Let's turn our attention now. Again, as I said at the outset of the conversation, you've been extremely busy. It was last week, it's, it's been such a whirlwind, I know, for you, but last week, for a time, you were in Ukraine, and then you went to the border again to inspect what is happening there. Let's start with Ukraine, because you were kind of in the middle of some news there at the time. Uh, this from, I believe, Voice of America, that, uh, you know, there was some um, back and forth going on. The Kremlin on uh, last Tuesday warned Ukraine's new president, uh, Vladimir uh, Zelensky against asking Washington for more sanctions against Russia, suggesting it would not help his efforts to end the war in the East. You were actually, if I'm not mistaken, meeting with the uh, new president. What was that like? What's going on in the ground there in this very uh, vital but volatile spot? Well, first of all, they, they called this inauguration with very little notice, and so I was the only member of Congress that could uh, you know, make it over there. But we met with President Zelensky. He's, he's a very smart individual. I think he's a patriot. He, he wants to move past the era of the oligarchs, past the corruption. I mean, that's really been the you know the message of the Maidan in, in the last two elections with Poroshenko and now with Zelensky. The Ukrainian people want to rid themselves of the legacy of the corrupt Soviet Union and that corrupt process and, and uh, uh, type of governance. And so he's very strong from a standpoint of uh, being pro-Western, uh, anti-corruption, uh, he wants to end the war with uh, in eastern Ukraine, but he completely holds Russia responsible for that. So we, we came back and we met with the president to uh, uh, convey to him you know, our support for Zelensky, our support for the Ukrainian people. That's the bottom line here. There's certainly corruption and corrupt people in Ukraine, but the people of Ukraine deserve America's support. And that's the case we made with uh, President Trump. Uh, president Zelensky wants his first meeting with the head of, of uh foreign nation with President Trump, and we tried to hopefully make that happen as well. Are some of the corrupt people that uh, were at least in Ukraine related to presidential contender Joe Biden, former Vice President Joe Biden? I, I, did you talk to him at all about this this scandal that is erupting surrounding the former Vice President's son? No, we, we, we had limited time. I, I didn't raise that issue. I'm, I'm fully aware of uh, the issues with Hunter Biden and uh, uh, Vice President Biden taking over the Ukraine portfolio and and the issues surrounding that, but I think there's uh, uh, other other people are are really handling that investigation. I'll let them do that. But uh, we're really talking about the support we could provide Ukrainian people, the the help that Zelensky's going to need in Ukraine. I mean, he's a political neophyte uh, in a system that it's kind of hard to tell who your friend versus your foe is. 
And so he's going to need all the support he can get. Yeah, it's a tall order, too, from what uh, you folks are doing and what the Trump administration is trying to do. You know, you want to support Ukraine, but you also know you're getting uh, definite signals from the Kremlin about uh, intervention and sanctions and those sorts of things. How, how do you deal with that tightrope walk uh, where you have to deal with potential sanctions at the same time you don't want to inflame the situation happening there? Well, first of all, you, you try and strengthen their hand against Russia. Mm-hmm. One of the pressing needs, the top priority, is that they need to fill their their fuel tanks with gas so that Russia can't uh, uh, really engage in energy uh, blackmail in, in the winter months. And so they've got to obviously issue, issue in terms of financing. So we're, we're trying, I went over with Secretary Perry, the Department of Energy Secretary, and we're trying to do everything we can to, to make connections so that Ukraine can, uh, again, build up its reserves of, of, of gas to heat their homes in the wintertime so they can't be exploited by Russia. How how difficult is it on the ground? I mean, are the Ukrainians living in fear that the next uh, major war is going to... I mean, it's ongoing, obviously. We've, we've seen 14,000 people killed, but that this thing could spread and this could become an all-out conflict in that part of the world and could ultimately maybe bring in other world players, including the United States? Well, the place I visit in, in uh, Ukraine, Kiev, for example, is a ways away from the front, so mm-hmm. you know, pe- people are you know, realize they've got a buffer there. They're, they're well aware of the the uh, more than 10,000 of their countrymen that have been slaughtered at, at the hands of uh, Russia's aggression. Yeah, uh, They would like the war to end, but they, they also want to maintain their territorial integrity, so uh, I mean, the main, the main issue with Ukraine right now is just the, the whole economic uh, situation. You, you need economic strength in order to have a defensive and, and national security type of strength. And so it's, it's really about healing their economy, which which immediately points to getting rid of corruption and stalling the rule of law so that uh, global investors will have confidence to invest in Ukraine. It should be the breadbasket of Europe. Uh, Ukraine should be a highly successful economy. The only reason it's not is because the the corrupt system that the Soviets installed decades ago and their the inability of Ukrainian leaders to shed themselves effectively from that that uh, uh, system of corruption like Poland has for example mm-hmm. yeah another example to the young out there why why socialism uh, is such a bad idea. <laughs> that is exactly what took place, and we need those history lessons, and you just got that uh, firsthand in visiting Ukraine. Let's turn our attention to border security now. Uh, you had to make a uh, quick visit also last week to the uh, southern border with Mexico. What did you see on the ground this time around? Well, I took two of my Democrat colleagues on the uh my, my Homeland Security Committee, my ranking member, Senator Peters from Michigan and uh, Senator Hassan from New Hampshire, to see firsthand what I had seen in El Paso earlier, a situation completely out of control. Uh, you know, just writing the numbers on it, Matt, in 2014, President Obama declared a humanitarian crisis when 120,000 individuals as unaccompanied children or part of a family unit crossed the border illegally and were apprehended. As of May, Eight months into this fiscal year, we're already up to 400,000. And if we maintain the pace in May, we'll be up to 800,000 in the end of of this fiscal year compared to 120,000. So it's completely out of control. Uh, You know, they shut down McAllen because of 
flu. They've got it might have been H1N1. It's not confirmed. They've seen cases of measles. Uh, there are so many dimensions that need to be considered in terms of this crisis, not to mention the involuntary servitude, uh, sex trafficking, those types of things that are also, you know, almost certainly a dimension of this human trafficking of people coming across our border illegally from Central America by, by human traffickers who are some of the most evil people on the planet pocketing billions of dollars because our broken laws sustain their system. Uh, we need to fix this and it's the ball squarely in Congress's court. There are a lot of complicated matters here in play. None of us is naive to that fact. Uh, I shouldn't say none of us. I think there are several in Washington, D.C., unfortunately, uh, very naive to the situation. It's a complicated fix, but are there not things that we can do right now for the benefit not only of America's borders and its security, its homeland security, but for the real, true humanitarian crisis that is going on at our southern border? Well, the first step in this crisis is we need, and the achievable goal is we have to reduce the flow. We, we've got to stabilize and reduce it. The way you reduce it is the way Michael Chertoff did when we had a flow of Brazilians. You start returning people that clearly don't have a valid asylum claim. So I'm working with Senator Peter, Senator Hafton, Senator Cinema uh, on something I'm calling Operation Safe Return, where we rapidly but more accurately determine those that clearly don't have a valid asylum claim and safely return them home to their home country. That will send a powerful signal that on a bipartisan basis, we're not gonna allow the, law, the laws of America to be exploited, that we've changed our policy. So we'll, we'll be asking families, don't mortgage your house. Don't pay these, these human smugglers, six to $10,000 per person or per family uh, to traffic you into America. You know, mm -hmm. one, one of the things we learned is some of these families are ending up at stash houses, which means they have a debt owed to these drug traffickers or to these to these human traffickers. Uh, there are so many dimensions that we're not really exploring that we don't have enough information on. But a lot of these a lot of these people haven't paid their fee. That's one thing that came across loud and clear in our in, in my interviews with these individuals, which means they owe them money. And we saw in a New York Times article uh, with the Bob Kraft uh, massage parlor expose, mm -hmm. a lot of these women are Asian women that are owe their traffickers thirty to forty thousand dollars and they're paying them back by being exploited sexually in, in the sex trade so uh, th there's a lot of evil going on right now and again it's our laws that sustain that wicked business model indeed it makes you sad all the way down to your soul but what makes you even more sick i think is what you're talking about and some of that a good deal of that has to do with politics do members of the left side of the aisle finally get it are they finally understanding this is not hyperbole this is not president trump saying uh this is a, a, a crisis this is something that is happening it, it is no no matter how you try to slice it this is happening at our border into our border and into this country are your colleagues on the left starting to get that well, Matt, you've seen my chart. I've distributed that mm -hmm. widely, most recently on, on a set of some, on, on some plastic cups so they can't crumple them up and throw it away. <laughs> I, I haven't for the last couple of months heard any Democrat call this a manufactured crisis. Yeah. And when you take them down to the border and they, and they can talk to these, these individuals and realize, again, that they don't have valid asylum claims. They're coming here for economic reasons, which I'm highly sympathetic to, but that's not a valid asylum claim. When, sure. when they find out that 
in a couple pilot programs it's been determined definitively 25 to 33 percent that they've tested are fraudulent families when, when they have evidence of, of a we saw a shoe of a three-year-old boy that was abandoned in a hot field in texas by his supposed adult parent oh. okay probably one of those fraudulent families you know the the the, the male the man didn't want to have a three-year-old child so literally just leaves him in a field abandoned we, we were down at the processing center i saw i don't know a 40 to 50 year old male with a 18 month old little girl she wanted nothing to do with that man now that could that could have been his daughter i'm highly suspicious it wasn't mm -hmm. and so when, when people when you witness that you can't help but admit that there's a huge problem and you also have to admit that it's our laws that are it's being exploited that are allowing this problem to continue. U.S. Senator Ron Johnson joining us on this edition of MacGyver Newsmakers. Uh, just a, a final question as we turn our attention to the uh, political realm, and I only bring this up because the Republican, the state Republican Party convention uh, was earlier this month, and you talked a great deal about what I'm about to ask you, and I guess it, the question remains the same a couple of weeks later. What do conservatives need to do to uh, win in 2020 we need to pay attention to local elections and the grassroots uh i i, I talk about creating this grassroots juggernaut that uh, unfortunately was allowed to atrophy between 2016 and 2018 uh, but it, it's about making sure that we have republican and conservative candidates on every line of the ballot i mean for far too long conservatives have only been concentrated on on the federal government and trying to limit its influence on our lives and at the same time, ignoring the fact that Democrats and liberal progressives are running for office unopposed for school boards mm -hmm. and county boards and city councils and for, for mayorships. And so, you know, the left progressives have far too much control of our local government. And let's face it, as conservatives, we believe government should be at the lowest level, close to the government, where it's more efficient, effective, and more accountable. And yet we leave, you know, out of 38 assembly seats held by Democrats, 30 of those Democrats run, ran unopposed. And that's just bad, first of all, bad election politics, but it's also bad from the standpoint of conservative policies being enacted. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to lead the Republican Party of Wisconsin to be a state party primarily focused on supporting county parties, with the county parties being given a lot of responsibility to recruiting candidates for every line of the ballot, recruiting volunteers, and, and doing all that grassroots effort at the grassroots level to win elections in any election uh, environment. All right. Well, we've handled the heavy lifting. Now let's get to the lighter fare. You know this is one of my favorite segments because I'm a strange, strange man. Five fast questions. You have been asked five fast questions more than any of our newsmakers. That should make you feel proud right there. And you have done exceptionally well. Is that correct, panel? The senator has done exceptionally well. I, 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 I never find it easy, but uh, go ahead. All right. Again, we advise you, as we advise all of our newsmakers, don't spend a lot of time thinking about the answers to the questions. We certainly didn't spend a lot of time constructing the questions. Here we go. Question number one, five fast questions. Do you ever get the urge to call Ukraine the Ukraine, like they did in the old days? You know, it's the Facebook, after all. Shouldn't it be the Ukraine? 
Uh, no, I just refer to it as Ukraine. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Maybe I'm the only guy that's still calling it the Ukraine out there. Who else in the swamp is as dumb as a rock? This Keep in mind, these questions were written last week when we were originally going to speak to you, so a lot of things have happened since. I believe uh, the president called somebody dumb as a rock last week. Hey, how, how about Beta O'Rourke, who I followed on a Sunday news program this Sunday, who said, all we need to do is assign a caseworker to these families. Matt, if it's 800,000 people, uh, that's about 400,000 families, where are we going to find the caseworkers to handle 400,000 families? I, w- I would refer to that comment as dumb as a rock. <laughs> Fair enough, at least somebody who doesn't understand math or the basic principles therein. Let me ask you this, who is the wind beneath your wings? That would be my wife, Jane. Very good. Good, good answer. What's wrong with CNN's Jim Acosta? Do you think he's just afraid to love again? What isn't wrong with Jim Acosta? (laughs) And who would love him? That might be the better question. Final question for you. Were you aware that last week it was Turtle Day, and did you get Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell a card? I was not aware, and no, I didn't. Okay, fair enough. Thank you, as always. Exceptional job on Five Fast Questions. And more importantly, thank you so much for joining us and giving us uh, uh, the usual update on things. We very much appreciate I know our listeners very much appreciate your perspective. You've been extremely busy of late, and uh, so we're very grateful you, you could stop and, and, and talk to us a little bit about those things. Have a great day. All right, you too. That is U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, Wisconsin's senior senator. As I said, he could be the next Johnny Cash of the U.S. Senate. He has been everywhere, man, and he's been doing so in the name of Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs, and uh, uh, that will keep you very busy, of course, in this day and age. Thank you for joining us once again. This is MacGyver Newsmakers. I'm Matt Kittle reporting. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Mattawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla. I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere.